Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to Nature Folk. This is Selena Fox, and tonight we take a look at celebrating seasons. At the core of many nature spirituality practices and traditions is the idea of deepening our connection with nature by being in harmony with the change of the seasons where we live and have our ceremonies. Around the world, pagans are celebrating the seasons in a variety of ways, with rituals, with altars, with music, with meditation, with art, in the blogosphere, sharing old and new traditions, experiences, and perspectives with websites, with photographs and celebration materials, and there's celebrations with bonfires, with feasting, with revels. Celebrating the seasons is an ancient part of paganism and it's very much part of pagan traditions in contemporary times. Tonight we're going to take a look at some ways of celebrating the seasons as well as creating personal household group, and larger community celebrations. The first thing to take a look at has to do with locale. What are the seasons within the particular geographical area and environment where the celebrations will be happening during the course of a year. Is it in an Arctic zone, a temperate zone, tropical, subtropical? Depending on where the celebration is held and what type of environment 
is there, there can be big differences and choices and possibilities for celebrating the seasons. Common across many, although not all, pagan and nature spirituality traditions is the patterning called the wheel of the year. The wheel of the year includes the solstices, the equinoxes, and the midpoints between, the eight Sabbaths. Most Wiccan traditions and many pagan traditions will have eight seasonal holidays. Many will start the Wheel of the Year, the spiritual calendar, with Samhain, especially those traditions and practitioners who are attuned to Celtic spirituality. For late October, early November in the Northern Hemisphere, for the Celts, was Samhain the start of the new Celtic year. So that old reckoning of the calendar continues to be celebrated and honored in a number of traditions today. Some, however, will start the calendar with Yule, the winter solstice the shortest day, the longest night of the year. From that point onward, the days grow in length until the summer solstice six months later. Some will start their spiritual calendar with the festival in the midst of the winter season, Imolk, or Bridget's Day. Some will celebrate with spring equinox. And certainly there are possibilities for the calendar starting at any of the other holidays as well due to personal inclination and spiritual tradition. But the most common for the start of the Wheel of the Year is at Samhain and Yule with um, Imbolc and Ostara or Spring Equinox um, coming close behind. Some say that amongst the ancient peoples, the solstices were the most important of all the holidays. Indeed, some of the really ancient sacred sites that are found on planet Earth today that date back to the ancient past have sun alignments with both the winter and the summer solstice. Stonehenge is certainly one of the most known of these sites 
with solstice alignments. And today, pagans and people of many paths do go to Stonehenge to welcome in the summer and to welcome in the winter at the solstice times, as well as doing celebrations at other other points of the year as well. The Celtic peoples had Samhain and Beltane as their two main holidays, dividing the year into the warmer weather half and the colder weather half. And some research and writings have indicated that the other Celtic fire festivals of Imolk and Lunasa um, were also important, but were added at a later time. The equinoxes, the times of equal day and equal night, are also important in some traditions, and there are ancient sites with equinox alignments. Contemporary paganism has the eight holidays that are the beginnings and the midpoints of the four seasons. And certainly this works in most parts of temperate climate zones where there actually are seasons. For those who are in areas um, at the poles or closer to the equator dealing with tropical climate patterns, these holidays can be celebrated as well with some adaptations. So looking at what is happening environmentally, climatically, meteorologically, is an important part in starting to craft celebrations for the seasons. Another important thing to keep in mind is the spiritual tradition or traditions of the celebrants and the facilitators. Not all forms of paganism have the eight Sabbaths. There are some forms of paganism that really harken back to a different kind of calendar, such as looking at some of the ancient Greek pagan traditions. And um, some will actually really look at the seasons for a particular area um, in contemporary times, the rainy season, the dry season, in some places have that, and actually develop a series of celebrations with that. So in looking at the traditions and the spiritual paths that are part of the celebration, one can look at some old symbols and customs as well as create some new ones as part designing seasonal celebrations. 
some excellent sources of looking into old traditions are in the areas of study often called folklore or folk studies. Some folkways continue on into the present day. Some are thriving and some may be um, less accessible in dealing with cyberspace and the vast um, array of information available there. It can be possible to find some old images, um, recipes, chants, um, customs, rituals, music, art that can be incorporated. Many people today, though, don't just look to the past for inspiration in crafting a seasonal celebration, but adapt some of the old and incorporate the new. Part of the beauty of working with a calendar with seasonal celebrations over time and keeping records of what one does, one can try out a variety of different approaches and then see which ones are most successful for a given area um, with different size of groups, with different kinds of focus points. In addition to looking at the spiritual framework and where the environment um, is and what the rhythms of nature are there, another thing to keep in mind is what particular day or days or night or nights one will be doing the celebration. What's the duration of the celebration? That can make a big difference in terms of what type of celebration is constructed. For some people, they will celebrate on a particular day or a couple days. Sometimes it's the evening of one day and the following day. For others, they may celebrate with a festival that goes over several days and nights. In addition to looking at the timing, it's important to look at the possibility of being able to celebrate the holidays with different settings and with different levels of accessibility. For example, in celebrating a Sabbath, and these eight seasonal holidays are called Sabbaths by a number of um, people in different traditions, that one may start out with a personal ritual or meditation, then 
later in the day or the following day have a household feast or party or ritual or a combination and then go into a group or community celebration. In my own practice, I have personal customs and practices that I do for each of the eight seasonal holidays in the wheel of the year. Some of my personal observances include meditation, nature walks, decorating my main household altar, decorating the home as a whole, putting a symbol of the season, usually in the form of a wreath, on my front door, doing some education for others as well as for myself through social media, sharing links to news reports and future articles that have some aspect having to do with the particular seasonal holiday, sharing some um, images of altars and celebrations I've done in connection with the Sabbath in the past, sharing some current pictures of altars and decorations that I have in place in my home, giving some talks, doing some podcasts, and doing some research in books that I have in my own personal library, as well as talking with others, listening to podcasts by others, checking out materials online and at social media sites. So for myself personally, I begin my seasonal celebration of each Sabbath through a variety of different personal practices. And as a result of doing this, I often will have some things come to light, either through my research or through inspiration or both, that I then incorporate into household observances. And I will incorporate some of that also into the Circle Sanctuary Community Sabbath celebrations. I also celebrate throughout the year the cycle of the moon. And the full moon closes to each Sabbath often has a theme that reflects the way that the Sabbath is celebrated. Recently, the Sabbath we celebrated was Beltane. 
And tomorrow night is the full moon that we're calling the flowering moon. So in addition to having some rituals with flowers as part of our large community Beltane celebration, we also will be working with the flower theme under the light of the full moon in a way this is a type of time release Beltane. So one thing to keep in mind as one goes about to create some practices for celebrating the seasons is to take a look at the year as a whole. And as one looks at each of the seasonal holidays, what types of practices may manifest and link together through the wheel of the year as a whole. Sacred fire, flames, are an example of a practice that can be incorporated in each of the eight Sabbaths in the wheel of the year. At Samhain, it can take the form of a large bonfire blazing and votive candles decorating an altar honoring beloved dead and the ancestors. At Samhain, there may also be a fire for scrying, especially in traditions that are looking ahead to the spiritual new year. At Yule, the winter solstice, fire can take the form of the burning Yule log and the kindling of candles after all light has been eliminated from a room or a place to represent the return of the light, the waxing of daylight, the start of the new solar year. Light also can take the form of electric lights that decorate Yule trees and homes. Some kindle a Yule candle rather than a Yule log. Others may have a hearth fire in which various sacred herbs connected with the holiday, mistletoe, for example, cast into the fire, um, some acorns, bits of oak, oak logs. At Imolk, also known as Candlemas, 
Bridget's Day at the beginning of February in the Northern Hemisphere. This is called Candlemas because it was a fire festival and candles and the illumination factor was very central to this. Bridget, the Celtic goddess of healing, of smithcraft, of inspiration, was a goddess of the sun and a goddess of fire, as well as sacred wells and a whole host of other sacred forms. So candles are kindled by many in celebration of Bridget. And there may also be some type of bonfire, depending on the um, the situation and the location. Spring equinox. Some kindle a fire or light a candle at the dawn of the first day of spring. And at Beltane, the midpoint of spring, fire typically takes the form of one or more bale fires that are central to celebratory activities. Sometimes they are kindled high on hills. Sometimes two fires are kindled and livestock are driven through between the two fires that have various aromatic herbs and woods in them, and that is done to ritually as well as physiologically purify the livestock. One of the traditions we have at Circle Sanctuary involving Beltane and fire is jumping the Beltane fire. For this, we create a special fire pit that is more linear and where we can kindle flames that allow not only one person but multiple people join together, joining hands together to leap the fire for good luck, for good fortune. We use mugwort stalks that have been harvested from our mugwort circle, which surrounds our year-round maypole, and these dried mugwort stalks are just perfect for having some beautiful blazes that allow um, the sight of the fire as well as make it easier for people of all abilities to move over the fire quickly. Midsummer or summer solstice litha, as it's sometimes known, the um, longest day of the year. Uh, Circle Sanctuary holds pagan spirit gathering at summer solstice time, and we have fire traditions of many types connected with our summer solstice celebration. We kindle a large bonfire at the start of our festival and keep it burning throughout the eight days and nights of the festival. We process with lit 
flames in candles and candle lanterns and torches to our opening ritual where we kindle this sacred fire. We have other events during the course of the week, including a candlelight labyrinth, having fire representing the sun and spiritual community is not only part of our tradition, but many people will celebrate summer solstice with fire. And the summer solstice being so close to the 4th of July for American pagans, uh, some pagans will also include fireworks at um, summer solstice celebrations. And then we come to late July, early August for a Lunasa and here again, a large bonfire, height of the growing season, first of the harvest festivals and many traditions. And we have fire spinning at Circle Sanctuary events. We have done some special fire lighting work with blazing mugwort stalks um, and mullen tapers. And it is another wonderful use of sacred fire. Fall equinox. Here the bonfires don't blaze so largely um, as some of our summertime ones. It's the start of the fall. Um, but it's a time of gathering in the abundance of nature. And we have campfires and fires that we sit around telling stories and giving thanks for what we've brought in in the way of blessings in our lives as well as those of us who do gardening and farming, what types of things have harvested in that way. Which brings us back to Samhain. So as you can see, bonfires happen uh, can happen at all of these and some of the festivals include the use of candles and lamps and torches and other forms of flame. In addition to the theme of light and fire, there very well may be some feasting and special foods that are part of the celebrations. Feasting is certainly something that dates back um, across cultures, across time, and having some kind of large feast for each of the Sabbath celebrations with some food specific to the celebration is a tradition for many people individually, in their households, in small groups, and larger communities. For some, a mythic patterning of working with the divine links the eight festivals together and is a way of deepening an understanding of the mysteries and magic of nature. In some traditions that work 
with a great goddess and a great god. The mother goddess or great goddess takes a more predominant role at Beltane and continues on until Samhain, at which time the god, the great god, the horned one, the father god, takes on the reins of predominance and goes from Samhain to Beltane. In other traditions, the forms that goddess and god take will change over time. The goddess, for example, may be a maiden at Imbolc and evolve into a mother, bring equinox and Beltane throughout the growing season, and then turns into a crone as Samhain and winter solstice take come to pass. The god may grow and change as well and may take the form of John Barleycorn who dies and is reborn with one or more of the harvest festivals, Lunasa um, and or Mabon or Fall Equinox. Some traditions have the god of the oak, known as the Oak King, from winter solstice to summer solstice, predominating, and the Holly King from summer solstice to winter solstice, predominating. At Circle Sanctuary, we have different community members and ministers take parts in coordinating each of our celebrations during the course of the year. And from year to year, the coordinators may be coordinating different festivals so that some choose to coordinate the same festival from year to year for several years in a row. Others prefer to try different festivals as each year comes up. So we have quite a bit of diversity in terms of themes, in terms of structure of our celebrations. Our community is very diverse and inclusive of people from a variety of different pagan paths and nature spirituality traditions. Sometimes one of our Sabbath gatherings may take a particular pagan cultural theme. Sometimes it's Celtic, sometimes it's heathen, sometimes it's um, a, a Greek or a Roman um, form of celebration. Um, often there is a multicultural dimension even if we are primarily working with, for example, some Celtic traditions, 
because we have people from different ethnicities and cultures that take part. We often will include some parts in at least one of our rituals that really honors that diversity and um, allows a variety of different customs and symbols and rhythms and music to be incorporated into the fabric of a Sabbath celebration. So for us, we do not have a central mythic theme for goddess and God. Indeed, um, we have people within our community that are more animistic and shamanistic in their approach to honoring the divine, some who are polytheists and some who are more working with a single form of divinity. And we have um, many opportunities to celebrate that rich diversity that is contemporary paganism and nature spirituality. So as one is looking at celebrating the seasons, it's important to take some time for preparation to reflect on the power of seasonal change whenever possible as part of personal workings i see it as essential to spend some time even if it's just for a few minutes whether it's in an urban suburban small town or rural environment and to be outdoors. Experience the season in an outdoor setting. It can really deepen one's resonance as the season comes on and being able to be observant of patterns of animal life and plant life can provide not only a deeper understanding and connection with each of the Sabbaths, but also deepening one's resonance with the sacred in nature where one lives, where one is doing the celebrations. In addition to having some time for personal reflection, for nature communion, I think it's very important to recognize that by celebrating the seasons, we are connecting with the larger community of pagans, nature spirituality practitioners, and others the world over who are keeping seasonal celebration patterns and traditions and customs alive. One really powerful way of being able to experience oneself as being part of that global community is to spend some time in cyberspace, taking a look 
at photographs that are shared, invocations, articles, chants, rituals. One of the things that I incorporate not only in my personal practice, in my household practice, but in small group and large community practices is tuning in to that larger network of practitioners celebrating. Of course, as part of doing that globally, we have to take into account the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere and to recognize the differences in the seasons, the six-month difference that happens. And I make a point of doing at least one social media post for each of the eight Sabbaths that acknowledges and wishes happy celebrations for the two Sabbaths that are happening at the same time, but six months different. So for Beltane, wishing happy Beltane to those in the Northern Hemisphere and happy Samhain to those in the Southern Hemisphere. Being able to incorporate pagan seasonal customs, imagery, and traditions into daily life can also include resonating and attuning to what I call the secular folk holidays for the eight Sabbaths of the Wheel of the Year. When I give talks about celebrating the seasons, I like to point out that in America, for example, each of our eight holidays in the Wheel of the Year has some kind of secular folk practices, mostly having origins in old paganism, um, but that have evolved and morphed into um, pop culture practices and folkways of contemporary times. So in the next few moments, I'd like to go through the wheel of the year, beginning with Samhain, and sharing that resonance with the larger society one is part of within um, America and certainly some other parts of the world share some of these patterns as well. So with Samhain, many people call this holiday Halloween. And many Halloween customs have their roots in the old Samhain practices of honoring the dead. Certainly the door-to-door trick-or-treating not only dates back to that type of practice in the Middle Ages when Europe had become Christianized, it incorporated some of the old pagan folkways. So going trick-or-treat is and dressing up in 
in guising, as it's sometimes known, uh, in a way was enacting the spirits of the dead coming back to uh, life when the veil is thin between the worlds. Bobbing for apples, um, bonfires are part of Halloween celebrations and have their roots in Samhain practices. For Yule, for winter solstice, many old pagan traditions, the gift-giving, the kindling of fire, the use of light, the celebration of light, the singing of carols, the use of greens to represent the eternity of life, even as we go into winter. These are pagan winter solstice traditions, also known as Yule traditions, and many of those are now called Christmas customs. Christmas in the U.S. has a Christian religious dimension, but it also has a pagan um, rooted secular tradition and the use of some old imagery the magical gift givers Santa certainly is well known but there's Saint Lucy before she was a Christian saint a pagan sun goddess um, Saint Nicholas Old Nick um, certainly there's a Christian saint by that name, but some um, pagans see the links between Saturn and St. Nicholas. And indeed, winter solstice in ancient Rome was called the Saturnalia. Um, we're looking at um, many ways to celebrate this start of winter holiday. Embalk, Bridget's Day, Candlemas. Well, the secular holiday in the U.S. is called Groundhog's Day, looking for the first signs of spring. And, and some of those roots go back to old Europe when um, it was looking at hibernating animals, badgers and bears, more than the American um, groundhog that... Um, gave people some understanding of um, what was happening weather-wise, how long to have the food supplies stretch. So Groundhog's Day is celebrated by many people who have no idea that it also has its link um, to old pagan traditions. When we come to spring equinox, we need to also take a look at the pagan roots of Christian Easter. Indeed, the name Easter is said to come from Ostra Ostara. And while the Christian Easter is a movable holiday and doesn't necessarily co coincide with spring equinox, it's actually set by the first full moon on or after spring equinox, so it can be late April, or it could be right on spring equinox, depending on the year. But many of the traditions 
that pagans have today in celebrating spring equinox are some secular um, Easter customs and indeed the exchange of eggs, the eating of eggs, the the baskets of sweets, um, the Easter bunny, um, the Easter hare uh, certainly have some pagan roots, but for some Christians they've claimed them as their own. When we come to Beltane, we have May Day. Well, it's a workers' holiday in some parts of the world, and while Purges Night um, in parts of Germany and other parts of Europe, it it has been a time of celebrating new life. And in America, I also see the Mother's Day holiday that happens shortly thereafter with the real emphasis of honoring mothers and um, giving mothers flowers. That's a carryover of some old Roman customs connected with honoring the goddess Flora and the goddess Maya gives us um, the month of May its name. Then we come to June. Father's Day is around summer solstice time, and shortly after summer solstice is the 4th of July holiday. And in America, many school systems start having graduation right before summer solstice, so there is summer vacation time. Well, some of the old traditions of kindling bonfires, being outside, um, camping, having celebrations, the shooting off of fireworks, you're going to see play out in secular America. They aren't necessarily um, clearly identified with summer solstice as a pagan religious holiday, but certainly I see some roots in these summer celebrations is really hearkening back to multi-day and multi-night summer solstice gatherings, also known as midsummer. When we come to Lunasa, Lunasa Lamas, as it was called in the Middle Ages, first of the harvest festivals, and this is a time for country fairs and just as the ancient Celts did for the holiday, they would get together and um, meet each other, have festivals and games. Well, you'll find a variety of summer festivities, especially in rural areas of America during um, late July, early August. And then as we go to fall equinox, it's the time of great abundance. It's a time of thanksgiving. And certainly there are apple festivals and other agricultural festivals. The symbol of the cornucopia that's so linked with American Thanksgiving, which actually happens in November rather than September, is part of pagan celebrations and has become an iconic symbol for the American Thanksgiving later in the fall. It actually has its roots in ancient Greek mythology and the Horn of Plenty and 
celebrating the abundance. And then that brings us back to Samhain again, also known as Halloween. So as you can see, there are many ways that the eight Sabbaths of the pagan wheel of the year continue to be celebrated, including by people who are celebrating around this time period without necessarily having a full awareness that they're actually keeping alive some old traditions of celebrating the beginnings and midpoints of each season. In closing, I think it is really important to celebrate seasonal changes through observation through spiritual practice on one's own and with others face-to-face and for those that seek to do it in cyberspace. For more information, as well as some chants, some links to podcasts, articles I've written, and rituals that I have done, I invite you to go to the Circle Sanctuary website, and under teachings, you will have my online guide to celebrating the seasons. Circle Sanctuary's website is www.circlesanctuary.org. In June of 2017, at our Pagan Spirit Gathering, our week-long celebration of summer solstice in which we intentionally create and live in a pagan village. We have a pagan leadership institute, and as part of that, I do a five-part intensive. And this summer, I will be doing Celebrating the Seasons and giving more information specifically designed for leaders and those seeking to be leaders of pagan groups and events. I'll be sharing some approaches to celebrating the seasons and going into greater detail. For more information about that, you can go to the Circle Sanctuary website and you can go directly to the PSG website, www.paganspiritgathering.org. O-R-G. I have quite a bit of photographs from various seasonal celebrations that I have done over the years, personally, in my household, in our full moon group, as well as the larger Circle Sanctuary community at our festivals, um, in social media sites that I have. On Facebook, you can find me, Selena Fox Updates. On Twitter, Selena underscore Fox. And on Instagram, Selena Fox. I invite you to share your own customs and ideas and feedback with me and my post on social media. Or if you wish to contact me directly, you can do so by email, Selena at CircleSanctuary.org. So one of the wonderful things about celebrating the seasons is to connect in with music old and new 
and we will be going into the next part of our evening with some music that celebrates the season. So I invite you now to stay tuned for Circle Talk as we continue our series of taking a look at some of our guest presenters um, at Pagan Spirit Gathering. And I invite to come on to aid us as we transition into the next show, our Circle Sanctuary ministers, David and Jeanette Ewing, who are a long part of our Circle Radio team. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. So, um, what do we have tonight on Circle Talk coming up? Uh, Circle Talk tonight, we'll be continuing the series um, on uh, where we're talking to the various authors and presenters who will be at this year's Pagan Spirit Gathering. And tonight's program will feature a discussion with Catherine Hines, who will be teaching and presenting at PSG this year. Yeah, she has a whole variety of wonderful books, and and I am glad she will be returning to PSG and taking us into Circle to Talk tonight. Uh, we have a special song, and what will we be hearing in a few moments? Uh, we'll be listening to a song by Jennifer Cutting called The Green Man. Well, thank you all for listening tonight. And I invite you not only to stay tuned for Circle Talk, but to join us next week for a special Warrior Rights and Military Pagans show, a two-hour special in which we'll have a variety of different people who are doing military ministries through Circle Sanctuary, as well as doing a ceremony to... Um, present the Pagan Military Service Ribbon to those who have served and who are serving. So many blessings. Have a great full moon time. And stay tuned for the Green Man and Circle Talk. Find that song. 
Sanctuary Network Podcasts, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings. And thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.